Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com slash build. That's Chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. If you were to have a crystal ball that showed us the state of the economy, you know, what would you say as to whether we have any sense of if and when inflation might ever calm down? Well, I would love to know where that crystal ball is. And I think just about every policymaker everywhere would love to know where that crystal ball is. Rachel Siegel is an economics reporter for The Post. One of the hardest things about answering that question is that if the last couple of years have taught us anything, it's that there is absolutely no playbook whatsoever for this period. Sometimes I think of, you know, not just a playbook that's been ripped to shreds, but one that's been tossed out the window during a tornado and then rained on. Rachel covers the Federal Reserve. So she's been one of these people writing those really scary headlines you've been reading this week about how inflation has reached its highest point in 40 years. There is a general message from the Fed and from the White House that inflation will fall to much more sustainable levels in the second half of this year. It's really unclear how that happens. I think there is very much behind the argument that says that as supply chains clear up their bottlenecks and as stimulus from last year wears off and there's less consumer demand for all the things that we've been buying for much of the last year plus, that things slowly normalize and simmer down. But that presumes that there aren't variants of the virus that we don't know about yet or some other unforeseen challenge. So the path ahead is incredibly murky, even at this point in the COVID economy. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Alexis Diao, in for Martine Powers. It's Thursday, January 13th. Today, what is going on with inflation? And financial advice for how we, as consumers, should deal with it. So, Rachel, on Tuesday, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell appeared before lawmakers. Ranking member Toomey. Uh, and other members of the committee, thank you for the opportunity to appear before you today. Why was he there? And what did he say? Jerome Powell appeared before lawmakers on Capitol Hill this week for his confirmation hearing for a second term leading the Federal Reserve. But it's not so much a question of whether or not he's going to be reappointed. And if anything, much of the focus was on everything swirling around him and in the economy. Inflation is very much at the top of that list. What, is the, what are the big threats to our getting there? Well, I would say right very near the top of the list is the threat of price stability. If inflation does become too persistent, if these high levels of inflation get entrenched in our economy and in people's thinking, then, then inevitably that will lead to much tighter monetary policy from us, and it could lead to a recession, and that will be bad for workers. So really... Normally, the Fed has a target of 2% a year, but in the crazy roller coaster that is the COVID economy, in December, that number rose to 7%. And 
There are many reasons for this, but it's become clear that inflation, the longer the pandemic has gone on, has also seeped into just about every corner of the economy. So much so that the Fed is now ready to step in and rein it in. But the question is how exactly they do that and whether or not it'll be effective as quickly as the Fed needs it to be. I'm curious, how does this inflation, you know, show up for everyday Americans? So there are plenty of people who may have noticed that their grocery bill has gone up. The cost of food was up 6.3% compared to the year before. The cost of rent is up. The cost of housing and used cars made up a very, very large chunk of what's driving inflation up. One bright spot is that gasoline ticked down 0.5% in December after months of some steep increases, but gas remains up 49.6% than it was the year before. It's really a remarkable list of all of the things that we can tick through that has become more expensive in the past year, and people are definitely starting to feel it, if not worry about it over the long term. Okay, so... Rachel, what is the Fed going to actually do about it? I mean, I know that they can raise interest rates, but how are they going to do that and will it help? So the Fed's main tool for combating inflation, as you mentioned, is through interest rates. It can raise them to cool the economy down or in different circumstances, it might lower them to give a little bit more juice to the economy. Right now, the Fed is expecting three interest rate hikes that could start as early as March. And that is a really strong pivot from everything that we've seen from them so far during the pandemic. At the beginning of the crisis, they slashed interest rates basically as low as they can go to near zero. And they've really held off on raising them because they worry that doing that would slow growth in the job market. But now they're basically pivoting, saying the job market has made tremendous gains. Meanwhile, inflation is way above levels that they're comfortable with. And so raising interest rates would step in to try and cut that off. But what's the risk here? I mean, could this cause a recession? There is a concern of a recession if the Fed has to raise interest rates too abruptly or too aggressively in order to cut inflation quickly. Raising interest rates also operates with a lag. So there are a lot of questions around the timing here. But Chair Powell himself, when he was testifying on the Hill yesterday, said that That's the last thing they want, too, that the growth in the labor market has been such a tremendous piece of good news through this whole COVID recession and then the subsequent recovery that stepping in to fight inflation and causing a recession would undermine that. Another thing the Fed has to contend with over this sort of longer view horizon is if people's own expectations of inflation start to change. Inflation expectations can be somewhat self-fulfilling. So if you're someone who thinks that they need to quickly get a loan or quickly buy up a whole bunch of goods before they become more expensive, that can create this cycle that also complicates things for the Fed moving forward. You know, I feel like the economy in so many ways is just like ever so slightly messed up in one way or the other. You know, we've got the great resignation. We've got this huge inflation at 7%. We've got all of these things, the supply chain shortage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Rachel, is this going to be like a forever thing? Like, are we just going to have to start thinking about inflation differently and definitely? One thing that Chair Powell said was that the economy that we will have on the other side of this pandemic, whenever that is, 
is going to look different from the economy that we entered into the pandemic with. And inflation could certainly be an example of that. The Fed's goal is to get inflation much closer to its target. And the Fed has said that it will do whatever it can to make sure that that happens. But it wasn't that long ago. It was really just before the pandemic where millennials didn't know inflation. As you mentioned, this 7% figure is the highest in 40 years. And many people working in the economy today never really thought about inflation as an economic threat or a threat to their own cost of living. So I think that as we're living in real time, we all have these questions, not only of what this means now, but what this will end up meaning for the way people work and live in the economy moving forward. And as you mentioned, a lot of these things are sort of confusing to all take stock of at once. Sometimes I think that a life philosophy is that a lot of things can be true at the same time, but sometimes in this economy, many of these things feel somewhat contradictory and it can be really hard to see through that too. Rachel Siegel covers the Fed for the Post. Emma Talkoff produced this story. After the break, personal finance columnist Michelle Singletary tells us how to handle rising prices. We'll be right back. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. So, Michelle, prices are rising, and I think people are seeing this show up in their everyday lives, whether it's, you know, going out to buy a gallon of milk or, you know, looking at houses. I'm curious, what have you been hearing from readers in terms of how they're seeing rising prices and inflation show up in their everyday lives? And what advice have you been giving them? Yeah. So people have been talking quite a bit of the tabletop issues. So when they go to the grocery store, they're noticing items, increase in items, meat, you know, staples like milk and eggs and things like that. That's Michelle Singletary. She is a personal finance columnist for The Post. When they go to get gas, they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so much more expensive. Definitely those folks in the market for used cars have finding, first of all, the prices are high. If they can find a good used car, I mean, it's like their gold now. <laughs> People are mining. Um, even new cars, it's difficult to get. If you've got a specific model in mind, it's hard to get that car because it's just not on the lot. Uh, and so if you're living paycheck to paycheck, even a 7% increase is significant if you are already barely making it. Those making more money, upper middle income, they, you know, grouse a little bit, but it's not affecting their pocketbook as much as those people who are low income. What have you been telling readers in terms of how they can best deal with these rising prices? So it depends on where you are in your life. So if you're struggling, a lot of things that you can do is substitution or delay. So substitution meaning maybe you've been brand loyal to a certain product and it's, you know, prices significantly up. Well, you might look at the store brand. 
Maybe you, you know, get steak, so you're going to have to get chicken thighs. You know, that's sort of how you cope. You have to be willing to be flexible. If you've got a project in mind, a home improvement project, and it's costing more, you might have to delay that. Mm. And if you're driving a hoopty and you wanted to trade it in because you're just tired of the, the repairs, you might have to just keep doing those repairs until the prices stabilize. I mean, I think the key with inflation is to be flexible. That's how you get through it. And of course, this week, the Fed announced that they would be raising interest rates in order to rein in inflation. What does that mean for consumers? So I think the Fed in announcing that they're going to probably be raising their benchmark rates and that translates to higher consumer rates on any debt that has a variable interest rate. And most likely for many consumers, that means their credit cards. So your credit cards, if you carry a balance, it's going to cost you more this year. And that message is if you're in debt, get out of debt as soon as you can with those credit cards because it's going to cost you more. If you've got a home, uh, an adjustable rate mortgage, and it's due to reset this year, you're going to pay more for that. You've got a home equity line and it's variable. Any debt that the interest rate can change is going to be impacted. And so as I'm telling people who have always told people, just do your best that you can to reduce that amount of debt because in 2022, that variable rate debt is going to cost you more. So is now a bad time to apply for a credit card? I wouldn't say it's a bad time to apply for a credit card. You can definitely apply for a credit card. But here's the thing. No matter what the interest rate is, if you pay that balance off every month, doesn't even matter. I don't even know what the interest rate is on some of my cards because guess what? I pay them off every single month and I don't charge something on the card that I can't pay off. And that's the key, really. Use credit, but to use it wisely, you want to pay it off before the next balance. So, But it's difficult for people to do that because we want what we want when we want it. Um, now, some people are using credit because they lost their job, so they're buying groceries or you know doing some other things. I get that. And if that's where you are, you have to do what you have to do. And when this shakes out, you things get better. Certainly there are ways for you to get back on track. So, you know, I just helped my youngest daughter apply for a secure credit card. She's about to graduate from college. You know, she was not allowed to have a credit card in college, but now she wants to build credit because she wants to get her own apartment and mama is not co-signing on an apartment. (laughs) And so I signed up for a secure credit card and a couple of months she'll have a great credit score. I taught her how to use it, charge a little bit of things on there, pay it off before Mm -hmm. the due date. She'll get a good credit and she never has to use that credit card again. My kids are not accustomed to using credit. And Mm -hmm. so that's how you use it. You've got to show them that you're responsible. So you use it a little bit, put it away, and then you can go back to using cash or the debit card. For some people who maybe have a little extra money to work with, if they've been thinking about locking in the, you know, historically low interest rates that we've been seeing, is now the time to like go and get that mortgage or like refinance your house? Yes. I always tell people, don't let interest rates drive your decision to make a huge purchase. So you hear that all the time. Oh, I must go get a house now because interest rates are going or housing prices are going to go up even more. But it still may not be the right time for you to either refinance or buy that house. However, Mm. if the numbers work for you, you've crunched them, you realize it does make sense. I would say definitely 
make sure you get that application in now before rates go up, particularly when it comes to refinancing, because even a small uptick can cost you thousands of dollars over the life of a loan. Mm -hmm. But don't rush into buying a house because you fear rates are going to go up and you'll never be able to afford a house, but you're not ready for it. It's best to just hold tight and buy the home when you're financially able, even if it means you're going to pay a little bit more down the road. But I would hate to have people, you know, rush, especially in this hot housing market where prices are just insane. And then people just lose their mind. They just like, I've got to have this house as if there's never going to be another house. There will be another house. So just calm down, work the numbers and make sure they work for you. So you've got to have a stopgap. I can only go up to this amount and don't go over it, even if you're in a competitive bid situation, because that kind of takes over and people put in bids. They just realistically should not. Mm. So basically stay the course, do not freak out, stay within your budget. That's right. I mean, inflation is very scary, particularly if you're living paycheck to paycheck. No question about that. But we're not in the 1970s where the inflation was just, I mean, your heart literally almost, I shouldn't, well, let me not say that because literally we overuse that word. (laughs) (laughs) But in the 1970s, interest rates um, just skyrocketed and it was just awful for so many people. We're not at that point now. Yes, this hurts, but we are not in the 1970s. We have many more tools at our disposal, the Fed and and some other things that could stop it from getting like it was in the 1970s. And do you have any other advice for people who might be anxious or worried about the hike in interest rates about, you know, how to stay on course and stick to your financial goals for this year and beyond. Yes. So with interest rates increasing, inflation increasing, it goes back to the basics. So if you were having trouble budgeting, this is the year to get over that fear and take action. So you can't control the prices, not you as an individual. That means you got to cut. Look at where there's excess in your budget. You've got a lot of streaming services. Do you need all of them? Um, You maybe started to eat out more as things opened up. Cut back on that. You know, make sure you focus on the essentials, you you know, your grocery bill, managing your rent or your mortgage, your car mm. payments, things like that. The big ticket items, which means you've got to cut the little ticket items. Um, nobody wants to do that. You want what you want. But in this environment with rates going up and inflation going up, you've got to cut. You've got to be a better money manager. Michelle, what are some of the biggest financial resolutions that you've been hearing from readers? Well, the number one resolution, according to bankrate.com, is people want to get out of debt. They want to pay down their debt. And I applaud that. And secondly, they want to build up an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. And what's happening in 2022 definitely leads that that's a great resolution to um, build up an emergency fund because we are still in the middle of this pandemic. You know, we still have surges in cases. Things are closing down. People are still losing in their jobs or or maybe not going to job because they're sick or somebody in their families is sick. So those two resolutions, paying down your debt and saving for an emergency are key to building your financial safety net. 
Michelle Singletary is a personal finance columnist for The Post. The story was produced by Rennie Svernofsky. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show is mixed by Sean Carter and edited by Maggie Penman. I'm Alexis Diao. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.